Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Achieve Your Best. My name is Ellie Nieves and I'm a speaker, a writer, and a leadership coach. I'm also the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I coach women and entrepreneurs so that they can develop the confidence and leadership skills that they need to achieve their best in every area of their lives. To learn more about Leadership Strategies for Women, you can visit my webpage at www. Dot leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. The topic of our show today is planning for career success in 2010. Our guest is Miguel de Jesus. Many of you already know Miguel. This is the second time uh, that Miguel's been on our show, and I just recently shared with Miguel that he is the only guest that's been on the show more than once. So, Miguel, congratulations. And uh, I'm going to share a little bit about Miguel with you now. Miguel has a fascinating storehouse of experiences in the development of his life skills. He was born and raised in New York City, having spent all of his early developmental years in humble environments, studying and developing on the Lower East Side of New York. He developed an interest in music and studied at the High School of Music and Art as an accomplished trumpet player. And after playing basketball in college, he then continued on to study at Columbia University of New York to work on his MBA. He has lived in New York, California, the Caribbean, and traveled extensively throughout the United States. And with over 38 years of experience leading organizations to high levels of productivity, Miguel has extensive success and experience coaching, guiding, mentoring, and teaching leadership concepts. Miguel, welcome to the show. Oh, Ellie, thank you. Uh, I'm excited about being uh, number one back on your show and, and hitting, that, hitting that benchmark twice. Oh, yeah, my twice. goodness. <laughs> I'm flattered, flattered and honored and looking forward to sharing some concepts with your uh, listeners and fans. Great. Well, Miguel, just to kick off our program, why don't you share with us why it's important to go into the new year with a plan for success? I'd love to. Um, there's there's a lot of research uh, that's been done uh, throughout the years, and one of the things that has become evident to anybody who is either in business or looking for a career or is a student um, or a homemaker is that when they take the time with clarity and focus to delineate the things that they want to accomplish, it's remarkable how many things get done and accomplished. They may not finish the entire list of things to do, but they certainly get through most of them. That, that process in itself, in itself is extraordinarily rewarding and very promising to help people achieve their objectives. Um, one of the studies that is readily available was a study about goals and goal setting at uh, the Harvard MBA program from the graduating class of 1979. And uh, for those interested in reading more about that, they can, they can pick up Mark McCormick's book on what they don't teach you at Harvard Business School, mm-hmm. which has that study. And in the book, uh, there is a citation based on research that uh, within the a- MBA program, uh, students were, were asked if they had, in fact, set uh, clear written goals about the future and plans to accomplish them. Only 3% of the graduates had written goals and plans. 13% had goals, but they were not in writing. And a whopping 84% had no specific goals at all. Wow. The, part of, the part of the study, which was concluded 10 years later following those same students, the members of the class were interviewed again. The findings uh, were unbelievable. 
13% of the class who had goals were earning, let me underscore earning, on average, twice as much as the 84% who had no goals at all. Mm-hmm. And the 3% who had clear written goals, they were earning on average 10 times as much more as the other 97%. Wow. Now, I, I think that represents tremendous evidence and proof, third-party uh, uh, you know, observation that goal setting is an important component of achieving and accomplishing goals, whether they are in career or personal. Absolutely. And what are three strategies for planning for success in a new year? Well, three three strategies that I would uh, consider is starting with goals and having some goal definition. So I'd like to give your listeners perhaps three or four items to focus on when defining a goal. Uh, what is, the first is, what specifically is the focus of the goal that you're trying to accomplish? And that may require, you know, some insightful, quiet time for you to do that or someone to bounce it off of. Uh, in that case, that could be a, a coach or a mentor, and I'll describe a little bit about both of those in a moment. But, but that's one of the elements that you've got to have. And then how do you know that you have reached success on that goal? You have to clearly define what it is, it being the primary word there, what target, what specific measure do you have that will allow you to define your own success? And then why do you want that goal? So the why has to be a compelling reason because there are going to be obstacles, there are going to be setbacks, there will be disappointment, there will be skills that the candidate may not have, and you've got to be able to rebound and stay strong and focused through commitment to those goals and objectives. So, so that's the goal component. Uh, then you ought to spend some time exploring options. And uh, options, by options I mean um, basically reviewing within yourself what are your best choices in your career or your personal development at the moment that represent the greatest opportunities to you for success. Again, sometimes you're going to have to go outside of yourself, ask people for input. It could be a college teacher. It could be an instructor. It could be a friend. It could be a parent. It could be a a religious figure in your life. But someone should be giving you some options to explore as you work through your goal setting. And then what are the possibilities that you see? So within the options component, you want to certainly explore those things. And an element that obviously has requires some thinking is obstacles. There are going to be obstacles. So you ought to think through what are some of those obstacles that you may have before you today, the ones that uh, may sneak up on you that are unplanned but do occur, and then who are you going to call on? Who are you going to go to when you hit those obstacles to your goals? Um, Again, you've got to be resilient, you've got to recover, and then you've got to, a phrase I use is is correct and continue. You take your feedback, you make corrections to your plan, then you continue on your path. And the last component element, which is very important, Nellie, and that is you've got to take direct action. Uh, it's, It's great to come up with ideas and concepts, but if you don't execute them, then you're basically not moving forward in your goals. So direct action means specifically outlining steps that you're going to take tomorrow, next week, next month, that are going to move you closer to that goal that you so clearly and very specifically discovered and 
and identified as your goal. So what steps are you willing to take? When are you going to take them? And how do you know that you got there once you've completed those direct actions? Those are some of the questions that I think uh, will help everybody get there to their objectives. And if you, if you take the goal, which is G, the O, which is options, the second O, which is obstacles, and the D for direct actions, that basically spells out the good model, which is what I share with many of my clients. That's great. The good model. We're definitely going to make a note of that. So tell me, Miguel, how important is it for you to surround yourself with positive people as you seek to implement your goals? I think it's very important to surround yourself with people that support your vision. Um, I don't think anybody has the luxury of a negative thought because it, it, it tends to replicate and grow, sometimes all by itself in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have people around you who are not highlighting and reinforcing your strengths, then you're going to spend a lot of time in pain. It could be mental anguish. It could be the notion of your inability to perform, your inability to execute, and your inability to attract the right people. And I find that if you, in fact, put out um, into your universe, your contacts, your associates, the kinds of values, attitudes, and uh, specifically the kind of reinforcement that you're looking for on your path, you will absolutely move forward on your goals. So surrounding yourself with positive people is a very important component of goal achievement. Great. And tell me, Miguel, you mentioned earlier about uh, mentors and coaches. What's the difference between a mentor and a coach? At, at a very high level, one of the differences between a mentor and a coach, and um, uh, if, you, if you used Google to search for those folks you, and you put in uh, career coaching, life coaching, or business coach, you'll find a range of between 13.3 million coaches out there to 44.5. Now, by anybody's calculator, that's a lot of people. So um, let's talk a little bit about a mentor. A mentor is somebody that you as an individual go seek because you know them, you've heard about them, they've got a reputation, they've got uh, prior experience. They have what you want. So you've very specifically sought out someone as a mentor usually in the area of very specific skill sets. So, for example, if I wanted to be the best uh, quarterback in the NFL and I'm a high school student, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a high school football uh, player? Wouldn't it be wonderful for me to seek out someone who has played professional or college football in the quarterback position and ask them to be my mentor? See, a mentor is a bond. It's almost a, it's an unwritten respect from the student to the mentor that they are recognized as the best in their specific skill and or career. So that's mentor. A coach can be somebody who's a process expert who can coach you through the thought processes of improving your own skills, but have not necessarily been experts at that specific uh, field of endeavor. So you can have a coach who is a very good coach that you've hired to teach you, oh, culinary skills, but if they're not a chef, it doesn't make them your most effective coach. But you can still hire them as a coach because they could teach you 
how to think about cooking, as opposed to a mentor who is a cook and a chef can teach you how to actually do it. Does that make sense? Definitely makes sense. And, and there's three types of coaches, Ellie. Let me just add. You've okay. got skills-specific coaches. You've got performance coaches that deal with the present, the here and now, your current job. And then you have development coaches, which are focused on the future, which are there basically to guide you to future promotability or best jobs in, your, in the case of the candidate. Great. Thank you for sharing that information. And uh, just for our listeners, if anyone's interested in asking Miguel a question, don't hesitate to call our hotline at 347-202-0226 and dial 1. And if you're on Block Talk Radio and you want to go ahead and ask a question on the chat room, please feel free to do so, and we'll ask Miguel the question. So, Miguel, uh, what are three factors that you should consider when selecting a coach? A couple of things, and and, uh, I'm going to answer that uh, um, this way. I think there's some confusion sometimes between therapy and mentorship and coaching. Uh, And I'd like to clarify perhaps for your listeners very quickly what a difference is. One of them is that therapy tends to deal with the past and the things, the beliefs, the experiences that got you to where you are. Mentorship and coaching, however, deal with the future. So a key distinction is therapy is the past, and coaching mentoring has to deal with moving and making, taking action towards the future. So I wanted to make that clarification. Uh, the factors that you should consider in selecting, when selecting a coach is that you're seeking confirmation of some type of professional certification. So, again, with roughly 44.5 million coaches that are identified in, on the Internet, how do you select the one? Well, start by asking questions regarding professional certification, and you can learn a lot about that through the International Coaches Federation. And the website for that, Ellie, and this is not an advertisement, I have no ownership of any of it, uh, but it is a coaching federation. It's www.coachfederation.org, and that will set your listeners on the path to learning a lot about coaching. The three other things that I would like to comment when selecting a coach is that they that you have to, you should know them so that means you should interview them you should like them meaning that uh, you resonate with them they resonate with you and then you should trust them and to the degree that you have a trusting relationship going in both directions between the coach and the uh, coach e and the coach e and the coach then you've got um honest candid non-threatening communications that help everyone grow during the process. That's great information. It's definitely something that you need to consider as you uh, search for a coach. So I recommend that a lot of our listeners actually take Miguel's advice on that because it's extremely important. And um, how do you advise our listeners to make the most of a coaching relationship? Great question, Ellie. So let let uh, let me say this. A definition, and it's not the end-all definition, but it's a a definition of coaching is a method of directing, instructing, and moving a person or a group in the direction of their stated goals. So that's what coaching allows to occur. Now, why is a coaching relationship and a coach important? Well, as people reach limits of their existing ways of being, their thinking styles and habits, 
they naturally uh, generate a need for coaching. I want to repeat that again. As people reach the limits of their existing ways of being, thinking styles, and habits, they naturally generate the need for coaching. So coaching is a very natural thing. Now, when does a need for coaching arise? Well, when you want to manage transitions. could be personal transition. could be family transitions. It could be career transitions. You also want coaching when you want to move forward in your career or in your personal thinking. You want coaching when you might need an accountability partner. That's one of the, the areas that I find the most beneficial because it really forces you to focus on your, with clarity on your goals that you stated and following through because you know somebody's going to call you on it. Somebody's going to have a question about how you're progressing with it either a week later or a month later, depending on the frequency that you've laid out. So that is a very important element. And then coaching allows for focusing and clarifying goals. A significant part of coaching is it helps the coachee identify blind spots. And I'm sure, Ellie, that you've known or seen people that, you know, they as, try as, as best they can. They'll try to accomplish a specific item, a specific skill. You see mechanically perhaps in the process if they are learning how to ballet or learning how to be an archer that their technique is off Mm -hmm. they don't see it so that's why you need an external coach to help you through those blind spots so that you can move forward and uh, one of the last things but certainly not an end-all is to help the individuals uh, learn how to change learn how to learn how to change You need occasionally people to help you from the outside. So those are some of the reasons that I have found over time uh, support the need for a coach. Great. And, Miguel, we have a question from one of our listeners. I'm going to bring her on air. She just uh, flagged us down in the chat room. Great. Denise? Yes, hello. You're on live. Hi, can you hear me? Hi, Denise. Hi, how are you? I am excellent. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine. This is a wonderful session. I'm busy taking notes, trying to listen and let my brain process and respond to Ellie on the blog here because uh, <laughs> this is phenomenal stuff. Uh, sir, I I've, I've, uh, can attest that mentoring does work. It, it, as a single mom, it got me through three college degrees and is something that I, I truly believe in. Now I'm at another stage at life. I'm going back to school. I'm looking to apply for my Ph.D., is it okay to have your friend still be your mentor? Is, 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 there, is there a point where you have to change that mentor or shift over to another one? Let me, let me uh, respond to it this way. By the way, congratulations on pursuing your career. I mean, so, you know, in a brief period of time, people were referring to you as doctor, and all sorts of doors will open to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me, let me say this. I, I think as you go down your path of inquiry, development, and equally as important self-assessment, you are going to expand your sphere of influence. And I would say to you, as long as your contacts, your associations and affiliations continue to serve you, then continue to be of service. Have them as your friends. Include them in your circle. However, my challenge to you will be pay attention to those gaps that you may discover between where you are and what you need because that will be illuminating to you and help guide you in finding yet even more uh, mentors and or coaches that can help you take you 
to yet another level. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So you're not eliminating. No. You're building. No. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's always good not to burn those bridges. And these these mentors I've had, they they have still been very good resources, even though, like you said, I've grown into moving into new territory. They still are a good resource or just even a kind smile <laughs> from time to time. Um, well, oh, Absolutely. And I don't know if you're familiar with mastermind groups, but you should certainly consider uh, the creation of mastermind groups to continue to surround yourself with the energy, the people, the skill sets that can help you move yourself to the next level of achievement. Mm -hmm. And those mastermind groups can meet, you know, for example, I have three mastermind groups that I work with uh, today, and we meet with a frequency of once a month. They're, They're all different people. Um, and some of them are very specifically skilled individuals. I've got two uh, medical doctors, uh, a psychologist, a person who is a psychotherapist out of Germany uh, on the team, and all of that I find very enriching and very significant in continuing to grow myself. Well, Denise, thank you wonderful. so much for your question. Thank you. This is wonderful. I'm I'm here taking notes. I'm I'm hanging in here for the show's duration. This is excellent. Thank you so much, sir. Thank, thank you, Denise. So, Miguel, I thought that was an uh, an awesome question that Denise asked, and also some of the points that you touched on regarding, uh, you know, people in your life and the roles that they play. And just recently, I'm working with a client who, I think, has actually outgrown her circle. And uh, it has to do with the fact that she has attained a certain level of success and she's still surrounded by a a certain group of people that are not allowing her to get to the next level. So what advice do you have for our listeners uh, who are in similar situations, who are maybe expanding their horizons and are moving in a different direction and their circle or network isn't necessarily following along? I think, uh, Ellie, thank you for that question. It's um it's a profound one in the sense that there is no one simple answer for everyone uh, because everyone's unique. Every listener has their own goals, objectives, and their own network of support. But I will say uh, this to you in relationship to ongoing continuing growth. To the degree that the listener or the student is being served by their current sphere of influence um, or circle of associates, Mm-hmm. and they are contributing, and it fulfills them in either a career way or a personal development way or simply by giving back, then they should continue that relationship. They are the best judge of that. Now, in terms of progressing and moving forward, mm-hmm. then they should certainly uh, research, explore, surround themselves with people who are like-minded, who are similarly interested in the topics the directions that they are wishing to grow into themselves, and then volunteer and solicit support uh, from those folks to perhaps set up a mastermind group that meets with a specific frequency with a specific objective. And again, mastermind groups don't have to be uh, hour-long sessions. They can be half-hour sessions that are very focused, very tight. Uh, They respect everyone's time, but everyone comes prepared to discuss the agenda items to move forward. And in those dialogues and discussions, someone may, may choose to open up to the group and say, I've I'm, I'm got this issue, I'd like to get some direction, some feedback on how to best address it. And then the team 
comes in and helps that individual sift through the ideas and the suggestions. So I, I'm uh, fairly um, uh, open to the fact and, and encourage people to maintain all relationships until such time as they either have outgrown them, they've outlived their original purpose for being, or, um, well, it's not an or, but you continue to build on what you started, and you may have three or four different mastermind groups going at the same time. So I don't, I don't see it, I don't see it, Ellie, as an either-or proposition. I think they can both support each other. So can you uh, describe for our listeners what a mastermind group is exactly? Yes, a mastermind group um, is an assembly of people who are friends. Uh, they've either met personally or met on a telephone chat or, or a directory somewhere like LinkedIn mm-hmm. who have similarly like interests, and they've agreed to meet either in person or on the telephone for conference calls with some specified frequency. It could be once a week, once a month, once a quarter, and then these professionals, these folks get together, and they could all be students on a selected topic, and it could be the topic du jour of the month or the week or a specific objective or issue that a caller has that they discuss as a team Everyone inputs, the recipient has the benefit of that feedback, and then the recipient, in that case, goes back, does their further analysis, and hopefully is put on a better course of action because I, I am a firm believer that, you know, many sources of input, many um, uh, sources of ideas are more beneficial than one sole person having to come up with all the answers themselves. And, that, and then you thank the people at the end of the call and you move on. And then hopefully you've got a very clear course of action from a goal-setting standpoint for you to take in response to your specific needs. Yeah, and I want to encourage our listeners to really consider mastermind groups. I know that when I first started uh, with my entrepreneurial pursuits, uh, being a part of a mastermind group was very helpful to me, particularly because I was so used to working in a structured corporate environment. So coming out of that to now work on my own and start my own uh, business, it was important to have other like-minded people to share ideas with and who were also sharing uh, similar experiences as I was, and they were giving me advice, and I was giving them advice, and we were encouraging each other to really step our game up to the next level. So I definitely want to encourage our listeners uh, to consider mastermind groups, whether you're an entrepreneur or just someone who's looking to take your career success to the next level. It's always wonderful to uh, seek out like-minded people and share ideas and encouragement. So, Miguel, uh, we're we're down to about two minutes in the show. Uh, can you share with our listeners where they can get a hold of you and maybe what some of your uh, next projects are? Absolutely, Ellie. Thank you. Um, I've got a, a website, and people can uh, get in touch with me through that website. It's called uh, Ask A S K Coach C O A C H Miguel M I G U E L dot com. And I do occasional postings there. I'm very busy these days on different projects with different companies doing consulting and uh, doing uh, executive coaching, etc. And um, in terms of where I'm headed, I've, I've got some projects on board right now. I'm uh, actually um, going back into a corporate setting to engage with a company to help them grow their businesses as executive vice president of business development. 
and with uh, my experiences, um, I know that I can help them, and I'm pretty excited about doing that because I like building things. Uh, not that I'm an engineer, but I like building businesses, and I like to help people with their personal growth. I think uh, I think uh, if you have that capability, and each one of us uh, individually, each one of your listeners has some skill set that they can certainly be of support and assistance to other people, uh, either as mentors or coaches themselves, uh, or as just simply providing leadership from the back of the room, as I refer to it, uh, encouraging people to shine in their, in their own excellence and to uh, revel in it and uh, very, very uh, favorably. So I, I, think, I think those are uh, many of the things that I'm, I'm working on right now, and uh, uh, you've got to stay flexible, so who knows what will pop up after that. That's fabulous. Well, Miguel, you've been a great guest. Uh, obviously, you've been on the show twice this year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ali. <laughs> and uh, it's been it's been great getting to know you uh, both on the show as well as offline. So thank you so much for providing our listeners with so much wisdom. And to all my listeners, thank you for tuning in. <clears throat> it's been a great 2009, and I've met some incredible people and made some wonderful new friends, and I hope that you've been inspired by our guests and our show topics. And as for my own planning for 2010, uh, a wonderful door has opened for me that's going to require that I be on the road on a regular basis. So in an effort to uh, strike a balance, I'm going to take a short break from the radio program while I get into the swing of things. So if you haven't done so already, I'm going to encourage you to sign up for my monthly newsletter on my webpage at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. You can also join me on the Leadership Strategies for Women fan page on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I share, where I share uh, daily leadership tips and inspirational quotes to keep you focused on achieving your best. So don't forget that if you really enjoyed the show, you can always go back to Block Talk Radio or iTunes and listen to your favorite episodes. Again, thank you for being such great listeners, and I'll be back in a short while. Uh, I wish you a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>